following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a wonderful Monday morning from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco. It's another edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. And, well, it's not March 9th, it's March 8th, and yet we have still kind of not figured anything out whenever it comes to the Dak Prescott saga. If anything, the can continues to get kicked down the road a little bit more, and that's been a metaphor that I believe has been overused because, well, that's kind of the certain scenario that we're in right now as the Dallas Cowboys organization. But we're going to talk about that and plenty more. This is a fan's choice episode for multiple reasons. One, with the Dak saga, and two, because these three guys don't like to respond to to my text messages when I'm trying to put together a rundown what? for our show. I got zero responses yesterday, and it is a busy week around these parts, and nobody responded. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Rob, you're the guy who normally responds, and you finally hey, hey, did hey, like hey, six hey. hours later, but what what ends up happening oh, now? Yeah, have kids and you'll learn. You know, uh, one day have kids and you'll learn. Rappi. Talk to a Talk to Hey, Rappi, you know what? I don't know about your guys' wives, okay? But my wife, if somebody texts me at 11 o'clock at night, the eyebrow goes up. Right. There, then there is that, too. That, see, that's a different dynamic. Kyle, you, you'll get there. You'll it was at 7.08, 11 o'clock, whatever. <laughs> 7.08. Me, is that an eyebrow raise? I'm roughing it. Here, Heckman's man. not even in the same state. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, fellas. Did, did Heckman just say he's roughing it? I'm roughing there's, it. There's right no now. way he just said he's roughing it right now. Yeah. Look at the cabin in the back, man. You, I'm telling. Wow. wow. Roughing it, man. So you know the signal. They gotta. I gotta rub some things together. You know, turn a bicycle wheel mm, like wow. ET or something, man, to get Camp, a signal is out it, here. Is it camping or is it glamping? It's glamping. Camping it's, or glamping? I'm not sure. It's, it's glamping for sure. Yeah. Okay. I like that term. Glamping. Heckma, you yeah. and I, you and I will go out to New Mexico and just rough it with a tent and a hammock one day, and then you'll you'll know what the difference is between camping and glamping. And you're glamping. If I, if I'm no, looking no, at the Kyle. back of that cabin right now, the way that I am, you're glamping. Hey, mm. you know, Kyle, you know I'm not about that life, so okay. don't. Even... <laughs> Okay. Hey Kyle, it, it, in our, bears or what was it? Bears or something? What was it? Bears. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Bears. Yeah, that's my deal. I don't do bears, so. Mm-mm. You do glamping, but not bears. I do glamping. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. What were we gonna say, Rob? So Kyle, oh, like in our weird. in our defense, well, in our defense, I like to peel the curtain back. We kind of do it. We do a group text every weekend to talk, see what we're gonna talk about. And I, I think maybe we're just all under the impression that. When it comes to Monday, which well, we got Dak. We can we can talk about Dak, and even though I think we're all kind of Dak out at this point, Dak, yeah, yeah. What else can you say until it gets done or it doesn't get done? Yeah, that's kind of the. It still ends up being the storyline this week because whenever you look at the Dak Prescott yeah. situation, it, sure, it, it, everything falls into place behind that. We talked about that last week. How it is a domino effect, and once Dak is signed then ultimately you can figure things out from your roster standpoint ahead of time. But even the first domino that needs to be done is the salary cap number, at least uh, from a lot of teams and a lot of GMs' perspectives. And Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network tweeting out earlier today that there's a potential that the salary cap deadline, or the excuse me, the franchise tag deadline could be moved back a couple of days in order to combat the salary cap questions that a lot of these front offices have right now with the uncertainty around the COVID-19 2020 season and moving into 2021. Rob, that happened last year as well in terms of pushing back that deadline. It only was pushed back, I think, two days, correct? But if it happens again, why would it happen and what kind of repercussions would it bring? Well, I think it, it makes sense to push it back this year in particular because it's such a low level that they know they're going to deal with you know it could be above 180 but either way it's going to be well below 198 you've got the vast majority of of the 32 teams really operating on on tight budgets so every penny counts so in the cowboys perspective uh dax tag 
um, to, to try to slot that in if they have to do that. It's going to depend on, it's going to dictate what they need to do in terms of potential restructures. And we talked about, oh, do they need to um, have some salary cap cuts? You know, the, the, every, every little dollar and cent will, will impact, uh, available will impact what they need to do to create room. So it's very important for the Cowboys to know exactly what that level is. And, man, this franchise tag is almost like tax day. It's like, it's like this date that you, you dread, you know it's coming, and can I get an extension? You know, and just the, We'll find out probably later today, but just the fact that that's reported that the league's talking about that, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they push it back, like, yeah, a couple days. How fresh? Now, Pete, let me ask you this. Is, is, 180, is 180 the floor that we're dealing with from the cap? Or are we, is that what you're saying, 180 to 198 is what we're expecting? I'm sorry. Yeah, 180 is the floor for this year. The cap level last year was 198. So uh, the reports are that it could be a little higher maybe than 180 if they want to borrow for future years, but it's going to be nowhere close to 198. So you've got, you've got a couple teams with cash around the league, I feel like, but, but a lot of teams are in the Cowboys' perspective. Like you're seeing guys get cut r- around the league already, uh, bracing for this, and, and it's going to be a really interesting free agent market this year, no question about it. How frustrating is this from a player's standpoint? I say, I know I asked you that question last week, but kind of pushing it down the road even more so, is it frustrating or are players at this point in their career a little bit more patient whenever it comes to business like this? I think I think it just really depends on the situation that you're in. Uh, I think if you know if you're in a situation like Dak or anybody else who's in a position to get franchise tag, it's definitely frustrating because you know you've you've earned your you've earned your right to go explore freedom. You've you served you served your sentence, right? <laughs> I, I have I have carried out my obligations to this organization, and then they say, "Ah, I was fooling y'all." You can't go anywhere, right? So I think it's frustrating from the guys in that perspective. Guys that are that are already free agents. I think you're just waiting around to find out exactly how much money you can get. That's that's really what it is. I mean, you're waiting to find out what organization am I going to go to based upon, you know, their financial situation. So I don't think there's too much frustration aside from just the guys that are their franchise tags. I would would not want to be in that position um, knowing that you're right on the cusp of freedom. And then they're saying, nah, nope, you can't go anywhere. And what a lot of national guys are saying is this could be a weird year in terms of there's no middle ground in free agency you know you've got guys that if they if they hit the open market the top guys are going to cash in just because they're top mm-hmm. guys but then other guys they're you know you're going to have to settle for one-year deals or deals yep. that you just really normally you think you'd get a much nicer package um just because of the way it's set up and i just saw a report i think from Schefter, carlos dunlap got released in seattle i mean this this wow. stuff's starting to happen where it's just like but that's the um, but, but Sorry, Nick. I was going to say no. It's a problem, I, P. I just I just feel like there may be some opportunity in there for for teams that are trying to build their teams, like the, those those second tier guys that would have the team, teams would have coveted and automatically resigned may end up being cap casualties, right? And so yeah. for us, I believe it's March 21st where guys' con- contracts become guaranteed. So I think the thing to watch for the Cowboys is by that March 21st deadline, how many guys are cut for us so as well. So just seeing that there are veteran guys like Carlos Dunlap, who was a hot commodity, free agent-wise from Cincinnati um, before he went to Seattle, correct? Um, you know, he basically was a guy that everybody was, was, was going after. But, you know, for us, I think, for I believe it's Jalen Smith's contract is, uh, is guaranteed after the 21st, and there are a few other names uh, in there. But when you think about tagging Dak and then the other big contracts that we have, that's taking up about 65% of the cap space as it is currently. So you talk about no room for error the Cowboys front office. There's only 35% left to sign all the rest of your guys and your draft picks. There's already been a lot of those cap casualties, as they like to call it, around the league. I mean, Kyle Rudolph last week, like you said, just now with Seattle. And, I mean, there are going to be more to come. But whenever it, it, you look at the Cowboys, and, and, and they did it last year, and they were, they're definitely going to do it again this year, they try to fill holes 
before the draft via free agency, and there's a lot of those guys that you could potentially look at to fill those holes if they are released. I mean, I'm not going to talk about Kyle Rudolph every time, but, I mean, hey, if you wanted to upgrade the tight end position, he might be an upgrade over Blake Jarwin. Now, you feel pretty good about what Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin gave you this past year, but there are options out there in terms of free agency. Rob, have you seen any of those casualties that have come across that might be a way for the Cowboys to potentially look down the road and fill some spots prior to April 29th? Um, well, again, I mean, it's, it's going to come down to what the Cowboys can do. And, and mm-hmm. if it's, you know, if the cap is 180, let's just say it stays where it's at at the floor and Dak is franchise tagged, that's like 20% of your cap. So it, it's just going to be really hard to maneuver. Now, I, I wouldn't rule out a deal. You know, I wouldn't rule it out because I do think it is important for the Cowboys to try to spread that hit out if they can. Um, we, we, you know, we haven't heard a lot of, of movement to this point, but we'll see. Um, I, I threw out a couple names last week, and Heck kind of dunked on me, and he made a good point. You know, like I threw out, I threw out Kawan Short, uh, you know, Jarrell Casey. I'm thinking, I'm thinking defensive line because I'm mm-hmm. thinking that to me that interior line presence, and they got some good snaps out of Antoine Woods and. And, and Neville Gallimore is a talented young player. But I just think if you could add somebody else that could help you there, that would really help fortify Dan Quinn's scheme, I think. But Heck made a good point. You know, you, you be careful signing veteran guys that have been good in the past, but maybe there's a reason why they're available. So <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Now you're sound, starting to sound <laughs> like Mickey Spagnola. Right. Who is Rob? Rob sounded like I'm Mickey. To sound like oh Rob. Okay, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Pessimistic Paul. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Hey, but but I was basically talking about our front office and the job that we did. But you know, trying to save money. The guys that we got did not help us at all mm-hmm. in just bringing in the kind of defensive line that we're going to need. To, to make an impact. We didn't get any impactful guys through free agency last year. And before we came on air, that was the one thing that I was talking to, to P about is, you know, can we put our Mount Rushmore together of our own in-house free agents that we need to get signed? Mm. I think that's, that's pretty important as well. I like that. So you're talking about you want four guys out of the free agents that the Cowboys currently have that the Cowboys should bring back? Or what are we thinking there? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you think about a year ago this time, we were talking about Robert Quinn, Mm -hmm. who, yeah, I think we undervalued Robert Quinn. And then Chicago came in with the offer that I don't think any of us thought Chicago would sign him for that. Right. And the same thing with Byron Jones to Miami. I think we thought I think we thought we would have a stab at at signing Byron Jones until Miami put their offer on the table. So there are guys right right now, like I, I believe that Alden Smith is going to get an offer that's the Cowboys may not be willing to match what other other teams coveting our free agents. So who are those guys that we have in house? And I'll just throw a name out like Joe Looney. Okay. Um, Joe Looney's a free agent free agent are we sold on Tyler Biotish you know are we sold that uh, Biotish is the center uh, for the future because we saw late in the season our underwhelming offensive line and it cost us and what do we do to try to fortify the middle of our offensive line there's other questions that we have is Zach Martin moving out to right tackle is Lael Collins going to be healthy all of those things that we've been asking but Cam Irvin as well is he going to be someone because of his versatility to go from left to right that we'll resign Isaiah I think I think he makes a good point. Um, yeah, I mean he makes a good point. It just really depends on how much how much we're willing to invest in these guys. That's that's really what it comes down to. I think as you guys bring up the topic of signing free agents, the reason why those guys are free agents right now, and the reason why they're cap casualties, is because of the cap. <laughs> because yeah. financially, those teams can't afford them. So if those teams can't afford them, we definitely can't afford them. So mm-hmm. um, obviously, sometimes you you know players are willing to take that one year deal, as you guys have alluded to, that one year deal for a shot at the Super Bowl or that shot at you know proving them, reproving themselves, like a Kyle Rudolph. You know he needs to come back on the market because they didn't throw him the ball anymore, right? So there's there's situations like that, but. 
at the end of the day, you're going to be paying high dollar for for one year deals, you know, and you're not no, no security, and you have a brand new coach who's trying to establish some kind of um, foundation. So I don't think that the one year deal route is the is the direction to be going. Okay, let's let's look let's take a deeper look into this, and we're going to take Dak Prescott out of the equation here because, of course, that would probably be the number one guy on our Mount Rushmore of players to bring back. So no Dak right. Prescott in this conversation. Yes. However, there I mean, there's a list of twenty free agents. I'm trying to type or, or I'm trying to count at the same time. So yeah, it's like 21, 20. 22 yeah. free agents. If you had to pick four guys, four guys total. To, to to come back in 2021 that was a part of this team last year, who would it be? Because I think I would start probably with Cheeto Awuzie, probably mine, but the fact is his market value is probably right around $8 million on a base salary per year. There you go. I think that's going to yeah. be, the, and like Isaiah was just saying, a great point of what are we going to be willing to spend on these guys? That might be too high for Cheeto Awuzie, but that's what his market value has been with guys his age, with his production, that have been re-signed to second year or second contracts in their career, and it'll be right around eight million to bring back Cheeto Wuzier. Is he worth that? Maybe. Is he? Could he take a little bit less than that? Sure. But that's one of the guys that I think I would put out there. Rob, do you have four guys that you could potentially look at and say they need to be back on the Cowboys after twenty twenty? I'm going through it right now. So we're looking more unrestricted guys, right? Unrestricted not, free not agents because they've got. They've, yeah. yeah, they've got four restricted guys because I think, like I mentioned, Antoine Woods, mm-hmm. Cedric Wilson. I think the Cowboys should and probably will look at bringing both uh, both oh, those yeah. guys back. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably would leave Cheeto off the list just because I, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be a little a too much. You would want to resign, but but yeah, I, I think the the position he plays uh, and Heck alluded to <laughs> Byron Jones just cashing in crazy money last year. I think somebody. With cash, could could offer Cheeto a pretty the good same, deal. Um, yeah, the, the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so so I might go down the list and, and say, you know, it's it's interesting at the corner position because they could look outside the current group to try to sign a veteran to cover yourself before the draft. You have Anthony Brown, you have Trayvon Diggs. Uh, I, you know, I put Jordan Lewis on that list. You know, maybe he's back at at a, at a cap friendly deal potentially, help you in the slot. Again, cover yourself before the draft and create some competition there. Um, how about Joe Thomas? You know, I, mm. to me, he's a he's a perfect signing in this type of environment. A guy that can he helps you on all your special teams and he can step in and start games for you. Thought he did a nice job. And they've got some questions yep. with health at linebacker. Yep. So yep. that's another one. Um, I, you know, Alden Smith, obviously a starter, depending on his contract situation. And then I might throw in. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, Looney's a good one too. You know, Looney's a good one too to have as depth. But I sure would like Andy Dalton back if I could. You know, as as depth at the quarterback position. I wonder what his market value would be, based off of a backup quarterback. Uh, Spotrack says six point eight. I it may be more than that because he's trying to be a starter. So. I think he would probably be more than that. But also, what are teams going to be willing to look at for a, a quarterback on the free agent market? Because of all the cornerback or quarterback turnover that we're already looking at, is a team out there going to be willing to dish out some cash to Andy Dalton? Maybe not. He may be right back in the same scenario that he was last year, taking $3 million from Dallas and going with a one-year deal potentially to back up Dak or uh, whoever ends up being the quarterback in the future. Uh Isaiah, you, mentioning Joe Thomas, Rob just did, but I know you were a big fan of what Joe did coming in and, and filling in with Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch and some of those health issues. I still think the Cowboys add a linebacker in free agency, but Joe Thomas is definitely one of those names that would be in my top four if he were to be a, a contract that could be signed. Yeah, no, I'm a JT fan, and I'm not talking about Timberlake. So um, I'm, I'm all I'm all with that. Wait, are you a Justin um, Timberlake back. fan too? He is. Uh, as long as Timberland's making the beats. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, no, nah, so I'm I'm je- I'm definitely a Joe Thomas fan. I think that he's one of your core guys. I, th- I just think he's one of your core guys. Regardless if they if they talk about him in that light or not, I think that that's you have that assurance that he can always step in and he's a, he's a guy that you take for granted. Right. He's a guy that you take for granted. Uh, so Joe Thomas, absolutely. Um, he's my number two guy. My number one guy, you need to bring back LP. Straight up. Okay. Just LP, LP. 
You got to have LPs. LPs number one. Joe Thomas number two. Uh, Andy Dalton number three. Um, and then number four, I'm going with Alden Smith. Mm. Why Alden four? Why Alden four? Because I think Alden, I think he has that dog in him. I just think that he, I think he just, I think he was tired. I personally after think he was the tired. first five games, I think he was games? still going through a. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, yeah, you've been sitting the for a while. Off. Absolutely, yeah. yeah the time, the time off, off, catch up with you. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I, you I think, saw, it, but he mustered through. He got through it for sure. Yeah, he got through. I mean, but you saw his production initially, and that that's what that's Alton. And then that that those years off caught up with him. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a lack of mental focus. I don't think it was any of those things. I just think the the boy was just like, ooh. My body, you know, um, it caught up with him. So I think having having a full off season with the full expectancy of what he's going through, I think I would swing between Alden Smith and Cam Irving. I would swing. I would that would be a toss up, depending on who you can give the best value. Simply just because they're they're both sure things. Not like I'm going to get a whole lot of production out of them, but like yeah. I know I know I, I know if I put those guys in the game, I know what I'm going to get right. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that's better than. The unknown, right? I, you sometimes you rather go with the guy that okay, he's going to be consistent, right? I know I, I can yeah. I can rely on him. I can't expect nothing necessarily great out of him, but I can rely on him. You rather coaches would typically like to go with that versus go with somebody who they're just like eh, some days they're amazing, some days they're just ghost, right? Um, yeah. Even when even when Alden Smith wasn't making sacks, he was still had a presence. Right, you still know you had a veteran in there. You still knew you had somebody who was savvy. You still knew you had somebody who could go turn on that switch if they needed to and go make a play. So I, I would much rather rest assured with that than going out there and spending some high dollars on some some free agent that they're either all or none. And I agree with you on Cam Irving because I mean he's a vet, and I probably felt better about him coming in there when he was healthy mm-hmm. than Brandon Knight or Terrence Steele. Absolutely. Yeah. Problem was, the problem was he missed 10 games, you know, so yeah. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. And How I impactful. Don't know, I, sorry, heck, I just I don't know what you can spend at that swing tackle position this year. Because I think he was making $2.5 million, something like that. I, just, I don't yeah. know if he can spend that this year. No, and P, all I was going to say is that how impactful was his entry once, you know, Tyron went down and then he went down with the knee. I mean, we were down to third and fourth yeah. guys, uh, Brandon Knight, Terrence Steele. Again, we just have to get better uh, quality guys at the offensive line position going into next year. And we saw how it affected Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were looking unstoppable up until the point that they lost two or three of their offensive linemen. So I've been meaning to do this about Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go for it. Well, I, I just real quick, I was just meaning to do this with Andy Dalton because it's, it's a good question. Like, how many, how many openings are there? Like, how many, how many teams need a starter or want to bring in somebody at least to compete? It's probably uh, five to ten, right? Is it that well, many? I, I was just kind of going through Maybe just five. And, you know... I say you know, Houston would be one for sure. That you know, Seattle. We don't know if uh, if their quarterback is going to be back f- from that. You know, oh, he'll be up back. His knee. Yeah. That's a good okay. Point. That's mm-hmm. a good point. You know, there's. I mean, that's just a f- just few teams to throw around. Um, Miami, uh, Washington, um, Denver. Would they want somebody to come in and compete with Locke? Mm-hmm. You know, there. I guess there's a few. But I wonder. I just wonder what the market's going to look like for him. The Red you know, Rifle's like going to go up to New England and Bill Belichick. Gonna... That's what's going to happen. You think so? Mm. I feel like Bill's going to get on that on that bandwagon to go find an Andy Dalton. But uh, I don't know. You're right. I mean, because it could, it can't be a team <laughs> that is going to draft a quarterback. It can't be that sort of team because if you're the Jets, you're going to draft Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. If you're the Jags, of course, it's Trevor Lawrence. You can't really be one of those teams that would really go after him. It has to be a middle-of-the-road team that has a question at quarterback, but they don't really want to either move on for him or they want to, like you said, bring in competition to at least have that kind of mentality with Andy Dalton if he's in the backfield like that. I mean, I guess it could be a, a, a team drafted in the top ten. I mean, as a bridge, you know, but like Trevor Lawrence is going to play for Jacksonville week one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of looking at the list and thinking, and some of it's some of it's yet to be seen because there's guys like, I don't know, you know, there's reports that, okay, teams are going to hold out to try to get Deshaun Watson, you know, um, Denver's and Chicago's and teams like that. So it could, it, it's all kind of in flux, but, you know, maybe, maybe there's a chance he comes back, you yeah. know, depending on, on the price and the fact that he's from here and, 
Who knows? But, it, you know, it, it's kind of a luxury position to spend at. And they had the luxury to spend it last year. I don't know if they had the luxury this year. Yeah, agreed. And c- kind of going really quickly back to offensive tackle just right before we go to break. I'm I'm down to bring back Cameron Irving just based off of, like you said, if, if he's not on the $2.5 million deal that he was last year, if it's a little bit of a pay cut, you can maybe get a discount because he missed 10 games. And then he provides you that swing tackle assurance that you don't always have to go to a Brandon Knight or a Terrence Steele if Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith are not available in terms of their health. And I mean, I'm still on the bandwagon, and I'm like, even as the days go by, I'm stronger and stronger at picking uh, an offensive tackle at number 10 and fixing the defense in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds and going offensive tackle there to sure up your offensive line because that was the biggest storyline this past year. It really was. It was the fact that the offensive line couldn't figure anything out for any of the, the <laughs> team outside of the DAC injury, any of the offense to have any kind of success. It was because the offensive line was just below average and by below average I mean one of the worst in the leagues whenever those two guys were out via health so I'm down to to to, to sign some depth but I still want to draft starters and that's where I'm at, at at pick number 10 at that point we can talk about that later on as well we're going to step aside for our first break when we come back here on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico we're going to answer some fan questions for the rest of the show all the way up until 1230 it's fan questions only send them in on the Periscope stream Ooh, tweet no. them at us as well we're going to fire through them as quickly as we can it's going to be the rest of the show here on talking cowboys when we return right after this honey big news gary are you okay oh i'm not gary anymore i'm jackie flash what see i want the latest smartphone but the best deals are only for new customers so to get a new customer deal i changed my name to jackie flash okay but the best smartphone deals at AT at&t are for everyone new and existing customers that's huge then guess who's getting a deal is it jackie flash jackie flash it's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. The Cowboys Way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Cowboys Monday morning. Glad you're with us. Almost afternoon at this point. Presented by Geico as always. And whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see Every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor. As always, the great Isaiah Stanback, our resident Super Bowl champion. Cowboys insider Rob Phillips and professional football analyst Heckma Harrison with us as always. I'm Kyle Yeomans driving the bus. And we've got some fan questions to hit Throughout the rest of the show, it's not fans on the 50, but because it's going to be the rest of the show, and it's already 58 by the time we're recording this. So we're going to go ahead and go into it. And this first one, I'm going to direct toward Mr. Rob Phillips, because I know you know the answer to this, because it's been on the mailbag on Cowboys.com a couple of times. But John on Twitter asked, is it too late to employ the non-exclusive tag for Dak Prescott? If the Joneses don't want to quote-unquote set the market, perhaps they should let another team do that. What do you say to that, Mr. Phillips? I say that 
Is it John? John, is it? John, yes. John, thank you for your question. Please stop asking it. Uh, read the mailbag. <laughs> read the mailbag, John. No, we, uh, we, we've answered this in recent days, and we still get mailbag questions about it. And I, and I appreciate the fans thinking. They're, they're trying to make this thing happen, right? We want this all to be over. We want Dak to get signed. But it doesn't make logical sense to do the non-exclusive tag. Just think about it. I get it. You know, let somebody else try to figure this out from from the financials. But if you're the Cowboys, would you really want another team dictating potentially the terms of an an agreement, a contract that's going to be this massive? We're talking about the richest deal in Cowboys history and quite possibly top two richest deals in NFL history. Do you want another team handling your business for you? Mm. No, you don't. You want to take care of it yourself. I know that there's been sticking points, obviously, right? There's been length of the deal. Guaranteed money, I'm sure, has been part of it at one point or another. But uh, you still want to handle it yourself. And they have made progress over the last couple years. There have been offers on the table. It just hasn't gotten done yet. Okay, I want to play devil's advocate here really quickly, Rob, because if you're speaking of... A potential deal like that, like you said, of letting other teams handing, handling the Cowboys' business. From a fan standpoint, you're looking at this and you're really frustrated because the Cowboys have tried to handle the business for the past three years, and instead they've gotten the business in this deal from the last three years because it went from being a $32 million deal to being the second biggest potential deal in NFL history. So my question to you is maybe they want other people to do their business for them because they haven't done them themselves. No, no. Okay. You, you just don't want to go down that road. You, because, look, especially in a situation like we just talked in the first segment about how precarious this cap is this year where you've got to figure out every little cent that you can save and budget, um, the Cowboys are in a tough spot. And so you, you want to have full control over making that work under your salary cap. I, you do, I just – I just don't think it makes sense to try to open it up and let another team negotiate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, two first round picks could be the, you know, the, the exchange if you were going, going to if you were not going to match a deal. But it just doesn't doesn't make sense. Yeah. Take take care of your own business. And they're they're trying to get there. They're trying to get there. Who knows if it's going to happen? But they're working on it. I agree. I agree. I think it would be it would be a stretch to get to that point, but it's something to to consider. But I, I just don't know if it's really, like you said, realistic. Uh, this question comes from Rob, but I'm not going to give it to Rob because this is a question for Mr. Isaiah Stanback. Thank you. Rob says, two seasons from now, who do you believe will be the better wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys, Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm, in two question. seasons. In two seasons. This is I don't great think radio. Michael Gallup will be here in two seasons. Okay, but uh, let's just say let's just say two seasons. Who's the better wide receiver, Gallup or Cooper? I think Gallup has more upside. Okay, why so do you say let's that? go with Gallup. I just think that. I think Cooper's a good receiver. Now, I don't want this to be taken as disrespect. He's a, he's a really good receiver. Um, but I, I do feel as if, as good as Gallup is, he has so much more untapped potential. Um, and he's younger, right? He's younger, mm-hmm. so he has a lot more room to go. So I think, I think you know, two years from now, you might be talking about Cooper trying to shut it down, you know, within, within, you know, within the next two, two or three, you know, probably two to four years versus Gallup. He's ready to roll. He's young. He's quick. He's you know he's he's fast, he got hands, you know he's he's just getting going. They're just starting to, he's just starting to get that respect. And as soon as you start getting that respect around the league, that's when you start seeing that big leap in, in guys' production. So I'm gonna go with Gallup. Heckman, what do you have to say with no, that? No. No, I typically leave all wide receiver talk to Isaiah being the extraordinaire that he is. (laughs) However, I mean, no, I I don't see that. I think Mark Cooper is definitely the better talent. Just look at where they were drafted and based off of, you know, their tenure in the the NFL. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. I think that he's a better route runner, has better hands for sure, than Michael Gallup. I mean, his upside is there. I agree with you, Isaiah. I think that the production can be there, but he'll – you know, whether he's here or somewhere else, uh, I think he's going to be your proverbial number two receiver. 
uh, and Amari Cooper has, you know, pretty much been being paid and has been respected around the league as a number one, you know, so uh, I'm going Cooper. So, Rob, do you think that even I mean, Cooper is not that much older than Michael Gallup specifically, so I don't know if he's going to wind it down as quickly as some people may think. But do you think that there's a chance that Gallup could be a better receiver than Cooper in a couple of years? Uh, I see. I Isaiah is the authority on this. I agree, no question about it. I just, <laughs> no. I, I just think I, I would probably lean towards Amari because mm. yeah, he is. He's tw- he turns twenty seven in June, so yeah, he's still got a few years to go. I, I think there, I think he can still get better. I do agree oh. that Michael Gallup has the ability to develop into a number one receiver. Now the, the great question is like Isaiah kind of hinted at it: Will it be here? You know how much. Um, how much resources can you devote to that wide receiver position? Because he's in, entering the final year of his deal. You got CD on a contract for another what four years? Yeah. Yep. Yes. And but you know what do you do there? You know because uh, the franchise tag next year, uh, this year for wide receivers like sixteen million. It would be higher next <laughs> year probably. So I don't know. That that it's that's really interesting. But I mean right now. There's nothing wrong with him being kind of the Chris Godwin to Mike Evans in Tampa. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What do I, you think, Kyle? I, I think Amari Cooper would be the better receiver in two years just because if you're looking at Michael Gallup, and yes, he does have a potential ceiling, but Amari's already hit a ceiling as a, a Pro Bowl wide receiver, as a guy who is a number one, who has proven to be a number one. And even in a year like this past one where he didn't have his normal quarterback or an offensive line blocking for that not normal quarterback, then all of a sudden he still has an incredible yeah. year. Gallup struggled a little bit. Of course, CD being a rookie had his ups and downs. So I think Cooper being the floor is much higher than Gallup. Plus, I think the ceiling is a little bit higher than Gallup. I love Michael Gallup as a wide receiver receiver and I want him here in Dallas but like you said it's starting to look more and more unlikely that he's going to be a long-term piece to this Cowboys offense especially with the turnover that you do see at wide receiver because of the talent that comes out of these draft classes because of the depth at the position and the way that it's going in terms of these offenses in the NFL I don't know if Michael Gallup's going to get a second contract in Dallas not because he's not good enough but because we may not be able to afford them yeah. if you're the Cowboys front office. And so I still think it's nope. Cooper, but it's Gallup. I mean, the fact that Gallup's even in the conversation is is respect enough to, to Michael Gallup to say, hey, you're there, Absolutely. continue growing, and, and he'll be there pretty soon. So I like that. All right, so this is a great hey, question. Kyle. Yeah, what's Kyle, up, Heckma? Me... Uh-oh. No, I was just going to say, man, and all of that has something to do with the development of C.D. Lamb. Now, if C.D. Lamb takes over as the number one receiver next year, 2021, um, I think everybody will start thinking about saving money and the cap hit that you may get from releasing Amari Cooper if C.D. Lamb just takes that leap to mm-hmm. be the guy that you think that you drafted him to be. So I think all of those things are relative. I didn't mean to interrupt no, your next good. question. No, that's a one great point. One thing about that, though, Heck, one thing – one thing about that, though, is that, you know, that, that's an interesting thought. It's just if you get – it kind of ties back into the situation they're in. If they need to restructure Amari Cooper's deal to create space this year, then you're talking about, okay, here we go, kicking the can down the road and creating True. a big <laughs> number yes. at the end of his there contract. So it's, it, that's why these decisions are really important because you got to factor in not this year but many years down the road. Well, and even saying that, Rob – you got to start making decisions now whenever it comes to Michael Gallup. You may not be able to wait until the end of the 2021 campaign because he's an unrestricted free agent. He's going to be open to whatever other teams are potentially going to to throw his way unless they wanted to throw a franchise tag at him. So it's like it's a lose-lose situation right now with Michael Gallup, and I think that's why that's the popular name coming up of a player that could be really good yet move on kind of like what we saw with byron jones last year it's the same sort of deal where you're just not there financially even though he is totally there in terms of the play on the field all right so this is from tom downey our guy on twitter does fantastic work uh covering the cowboys as well yeah td he he is fantastic so he said, what's your nightmare scenario for this offseason? This is going to be fun because nobody likes talking about the nightmare scenario, but it very easily could turn into a nightmare scenario this offseason for the Cowboys. So if we had to pick something, Rob, what would be your nightmare 2021 Cowboys offseason? 
Nightmare for this year? Yes. Or next year? Uh, this offseason. 2021? Yep. Forget what year we're in. Uh, <laughs> I, nightmare scenario for me is, is not signing Dak to a long-term deal. Because if you don't, I don't know what happens in 2022. Because... I mean, we're talking about how difficult it, it could be to slot 37.7 million. Imagine it being 54.4 next year. And if, if that is just untenable and unrealistic to do, then you're letting him test the market next March. So I just, to me, you know, every, like you said, Kyle, beginning of the show, everything kind of revolves around Dak. It's the biggest domino, this contract. And that's why. Because if you don't get it done and you want him to be your long-term quarterback, it's 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 going to be harder to get it done next year than it is right now. Heck yeah, nightmare nightmare scenario. Yeah, nightmare scenario for me would be you know obviously Dak not getting signed and what do we do with that? Does Tyrod Taylor is he our starting quarterback next year? That's oh gosh. Yeah, nightmare scenario. Uh, <laughs> I'm just throwing, come on. You asked me for the nightmare. That's I'm nightmare. giving it to you. Um, um, let's say right tackle-wise, uh, Leo Collins is not able to come back. Um, he's still a year away. And we, you know, Tyron Smith plays a couple of games this year, and then he goes down, you know, God forbid that. Uh, and then we're right back to square one where we were last year, offensive line. We hadn't, you know, tried to get any depth or anything there. And maybe Conor McGovern is your right right guard and Zach has to kick out to right tackle, things like that. I mean, we know what the telltale signs of things kind of snowballing uh, for the organization. That would be it. And, you know, defensively, not getting another corner, not getting another guy uh, with digs. We have to get some type of vet veteran Leadership has just been my opinion, uh, whether it be, and I know we, Isaiah said Richard Sherman would be a guy, but we got to get a veteran in here uh, as well. I mean, I, I think uh, Reggie Robinson, we still don't know where he is as far as if he's, I think they, he's not going to be a safety, so he is going to be a corner this yep. year. So a lot of things that we have to look at defensively, uh, but also, like I said, offensive line, that would be a nightmare scenario for us in our ineffective running game. Isaiah? Yep. I'm, I'm going with you on that one. Heck, uh, offensive line, if you don't handle your offensive line, if you end up where you were this year, nightmare. Nightmare, regardless if you get Dak or not. Uh, Dak is obviously, everybody needs Dak back, wants Dak back, but the reality is a lot of teams can make a lot of things work if you just have a uh, a okay quarterback. Even if you had Andy Dalton in there with our with our starting offensive line, guess what? You're winning some games. That's the reality. You're winning, you're winning, you're winning enough games to give yourself a chance at the playoffs. So, um, Dak, obviously, number one, like you said, heck, but O-line, that's that'd be a travesty if you didn't have that. And if you can't sure up that back end of that of that defense, that's that's the worst case scenario, too, because this is a throwing league now. And these guys will throw all over you like they did this year. That's that's good. How about, how about this one, too? This this one doesn't really relate to personnel. What what if, you know, this offseason is uh, virtual, just mm -hmm. like it was last year? That's what it sounds like. At least part of it's going to be that way. What you know? What if uh, Dan Quinn comes in and, and you know they get to training camp and it's it, the communication is not what it needs to be like last year, you know, and, and guys <laughs> aren't comfortable with the scheme. I mean, I'm just thinking worst case. That's why I think hiring Dan Quinn made a lot of sense because you know proven coordinator, a scheme that a lot of guys are familiar with. That should ease some of the logistical problems that you may have, where there's no OTAs potentially or no mini camps like. That's a big part of Dan Quinn's job coming in, making sure guys are comfortable and making sure guys are put in the right places because, uh, you know, I think things are getting better as a country with this pandemic. But as far as the league structure, I don't know that, you know, it's going to be a normal offseason again this year. You know what's That's crazy? That's a nightmare scenario right there. That's it. Thank yeah. you, Rob. Yeah, you just hit it. Well, you know what's yeah. crazy about yeah. the whole thing is, is it's, it's interesting to talk about nightmare scenarios in the future. But couldn't we tap 2020, like, just the whole Cowboys season as a complete <laughs> nightmare scenario? Because, I mean, virtual offseason. Everything season, that could go wrong did. New coaching yeah. staff, uh, uh, changing the scheme, everybody gets hurt. It was just a – it was it was a nightmare scenario, and you end up going 6-10, and 10 and it just doesn't end up working out in your favor. So, hey, hopefully things get a, a tick better going into 2021, and then we're – even our less – 
severe nightmare scenarios are better than uh, better than others. So hopefully that's the case moving into uh, into this offseason. <laughs> when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico, we'll continue answering some fan questions. What is the health at on that offensive line with left tackle Tyron Smith and right tackle Lyle Collins? Got a couple people asking about that and potentially drafting a tackle as well. We'll ask that and plenty more when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So, to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Final segment here, Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. Glad you're with us, listening coast to coast and around the world. And no matter where you're listening to us here on Talking Cowboys, you can experience audio at a whole new level with the Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds, the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. Also, the official earbuds of Talking Cowboys, I believe. Because, Heckma Harrison, what does it sound like? It's like a symphony in your head, Kyle. Even even at Broken Bow, in the middle of the woods, roughing it as Heckma Harrison yes. is, he can still hear like in a whole it's new level. Times. Isn't it? Isn't it fantastic? Isaiah, he brought it there. Yeah, hmm? it is great. Isaiah is come on, Isaiah. How does Isaiah is like drinking me, and, and not Thank even you, paying Isaiah. attention? That was like a that was like a seven point two. Oh, you're like Dr. J in the in the no, uh, Dominique Wilkins in the slam dunk contest last night. You're just not giving enough, me hey? my. I hey, you did. Can't I went, you can't set us up and set the dog on president, and then all of a sudden, and then come back and, and not go all the way in. Like you didn't even have the hand shaking. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't have the fluctuations in the voice. Your head wasn't even turning. I mean, come on, Heckman. I liked it. I liked it. That was like Simon's trying to kiss the rim last night. You mm. went for it. It was close, Thank but you. just not close Give enough. Give me that, uh, Kyle. Well, how would you rate that, Kyle? Uh, I'd be right there with you. I'd Kyle say it's a seven. A He'd throw up a ten. No, I'd give it a oh, seven. Oh wow! Right? Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Heck, when you, you think you know Heck, a guy. you've set the bar so high for those every week, and yeah, if it doesn't reach it, it's still good. Like your floor is still good. Heck, your worst one's probably still when a five. You first started off, Heck, but you said it's like a symphony in my head, Kyle. Yeah. Like, he was like, he was like, mm-hmm. all into it. Mm-hmm. I was like. It's like a symphony in my head. All right. All right. I got to go back to the shed. I got to go back to the shed. All right. You know, yep. okay. He's cool. got it. He's, see, now, now this is this is constructive criticism. We're going to make sure and get him better for next week, everybody. Hey, Keep tuning Kyle, in. There's a difference between this pre ESPN Heckma and mm. post ESPN. Ah, ah, he went Hollywood on us. <laughs> went Hollywood. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? When guys, uh, you know how guys are when they get that contract. You know, when mm-hmm. they get that contract, they end up, they're never the same, Kyle. Mm-hmm. They shut it down. Mm. Well, I'll tell you. Wow. <laughs> uh, by the way, 
we've got some really good questions. And Isaiah, I want you to, to be on this, the, this question pretty emphatically. I need you okay. to wake up a little bit. I know you're worried about the new show that's coming up. I'm I need here. you to wake up here. All right. I'm here. Joe Rodriguez, who does great work on a Cowboys blog, uh, he asked a hey, bit Joe. of a hypothetical here. If Jason Garrett was still the head coach, do you think a DAC deal would have been done earlier than what we would have seen as well as we have seen with Mike McCarthy as the head coach? Do you think that plays any sort of factor in the whole thing? Typically, I would say yes. I would like to say yes, but with the Jones family, no. Mm. Explain. And, and, and I say that as to say that the I feel. Let me let me leave with that. I feel as if they listen to you. Um, or let me put it this way: Not a white man can't jump. Say it. they they hear the coach. Okay, they hear the coach, but they're not listening to the coach. Right? You can hear Jimmy, but you're not listening. To yeah, you can hear Jimmy, but you're not listening to Jimmy, man. <laughs> you're not listening to him. You know, so um, I think that they take what you have, what the coaches have to say into consideration. But at the end of the day, we're the Joneses, and we make the decisions around here. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope it's not like that, but I feel like it's like that. I don't know what the fellas have to think about that. Rob? I don't, uh, I don't think it, it would make more of a difference than it is now. I mean, you know, they, they were trying to get this deal done. It starting two years ago when he became yeah. eligible, Dak became right. eligible for the extension, and and honestly, uh, from what I recall, right before the 2019 season, that's Jason's last year as head coach here, I, it was close. Yeah, it was pretty close to getting done, and yeah. it it turned out not working out. And then then here comes the tag the following March. I, I do know this. I I, do, I don't believe this is lip service. You know, Mike McCarthy, one of the reasons he wanted this job was he wanted to coach Dak Prescott at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't think it was something that he just kind of had to inherit that quarterback situation. Um, so I, I, I don't think that factors in, just my personal opinion. Heck. Well, yeah, the, the question is provocative. It gets the people going. <laughs> but I don't, I, don't think, I don't think one thing has anything to do with another. I don't know if Jason Garrett would have had, uh, had any input on whether they signed back to a you know, market value deal, which made him the, the highest paid quarterback at the time. I just I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I don't. Um, and so and, and you make a great point. Also, P, when you talk about Mike McCarthy and, and how his job now is really t- tied into the signing of Dak Prescott. Because if they're not able to get a quarterback that is you know, viable and can lead this team to a playoff, then how hot is his seat going to be midseason? You know how things get around here. And so those <laughs> grumblings hadn't started yet, but they're going to happen if we don't get Dak signed and we are – miserable as fans next year so that's going to be that's interesting that's it uh that's an interesting question but i don't think it, it has any um I, I don't think it has any weight whether the coach or not yeah i don't think i don't think mccarthy's in the room being like let's hold up here hold yeah. up here. Are, you sure, <laughs> no. are we sure we want to do this i don't, I don't think that's happening. yeah he doesn't have a key to that room <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd love to be able to fly in the wall in that room. right i think we all would i think we would all love to be a fly on the wall in that room fans Media members, even sometimes players, everybody would. Uh, coaches, uh, this is this one comes from Mikey Joseph. Uh, final, probably final question here. He says, "Hear me out. This might be the logic behind the craziness and the delay from the front office, and it has to deal with well the salary cap a little bit." But he says, "What about franchising Dak, drafting a left tackle to get around Tyron Smith and his contract if he?" stays not so healthy or he retires in this year or next year and then give Dak Prescott the big money next year to try, like you said, to get around that contract. Do you think that could potentially play a bit of a role into the thought process or is this once again kicking the can down the road and hoping things work out in your favor? You're not getting Dak back if, if, yeah. you, if you, <laughs> yeah. you you're just not. Yeah. yeah, I can't speak for him. I'm not, I'm not his representative, but <laughs> Uh, you're not getting him back. If you, if you franchise tag him with the expectation of literally just franchising him for the entire year, 
you're not getting it back. You might as well just go ahead and start planning for the future with somebody else. Yeah. yeah. That would be incentivizing the peace sign. So I yeah. don't that the tag <laughs> would, would essentially do that. And again, everybody's saying that that would be an opportunity to sign him. I just don't know how, as far as the, the contentiousness of this whole negotiation process with opening up now other teams to be able to negotiate with Dak. So I, I just don't think you get him back. Um, uh, next year, if if you tag him again, Rob, yeah. I just it just like I yeah like I said earlier, I mean, fifty four million to tag him next year if that's what you had to do. Oh, if you, gosh. I don't even know if you could do that. Yeah, and, and it, again, like at that point, he's it's more incentive for him probably to say, oh, well, I I can test the market and really see exactly what I can get yes. on the on the open market. It's just it's just a situation I don't think the Cowboys want to find themselves in next year. Yeah, it kind of goes <laughs> along with what you were saying earlier of it, dictating other people to do your business for you and it seems like that's kind of what the Cowboys have done already through this whole process because first we were looking at the 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 deals that were being done with Russell Wilson and then and Jimmy Garoppolo then it moved to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and now it's Dak Prescott I mean he's the next name up and so kicking that can down the road even with a franchise tag assumingly losing some money maybe with Tyron Smith if you're going to move on from Tyron Smith or he'll retire or whatever his health ends up being that doesn't necessarily mean that you have that kind of that that leeway with Dak Prescott, that leverage with Dak Prescott to say, "All right, come on back. I know we tagged you twice, but now we're ready for you." It does. It kind of seems like a bit of a slap in the face, there, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what did the five fingers say to the face? Say to the face. Swear, <laughs> yeah, man. You can't. And, and and we talked about it last show how limiting not getting this deal done is going to be to to sign free agents and everyone else. I mean, the, we're talking offense. We spent a lot of time talking about offensive line, Dak, receivers. But the problem is our defense is woeful. Mm-hmm. How do we get Dan Quinn's system implemented in a season where you're talking about virtual OTAs, which we can't have that. We know what that's going to get us. And so <laughs> we, everybody's got to get the vaccine and get to the stars so we can see, get, get in each other's face to get this thing done. Um, our defense, the numbers are just, God, man, we can't take the field with that again. Um, Xavier Woods is also a free agent. What are we going to do there? Uh, Safety-wise, we're already talking about getting another cornerback in this year's draft when didn't we draft two corners last year? I mean, where are those guys that we – that? Where is Reggie Robinson? Where, where are we seeing him? Is he is this is this going to be an every year thing where we're going back to the well to get another cornerback that's going to help us? A safety? Is anybody start you know? Has anybody start to think safety at this point? Linebacker? We talked about Joe Thomas there for a little bit, but we still got some problems yeah. in linebacker with the two guys that we have under contract. So it's not good. <laughs> Sounds gotta, like a nightmare scenario. We got to figure this out. Well, it does. I mean, and not only that, uh, if we don't bring Alden Smith back and Randy Gregory is our guy at the, at the, at the end, this would be his first season of playing a full year. We're still not – I mean, we're having to deal with him with kid gloves to make sure that we get him to the regular season because of all the problems that we had in the past. I mean, look, the, the, the salary cap – the, the lack of being able to get Dak signed has got our hands tied behind our back. Whatever the cap is going to be, our priority has to be getting our defense better. Getting the guys to play this 4-3, you know, single high safety scheme that Dan Quinn is going to bring in. Otherwise, we'll be right back to the drawing board again, trying to figure out how the hell do we get our defense how do we make this defense any better? But didn't we just spend the first two segments talking about how it's offensive line that needs to be the priority? How is there two priorities? How is there three priorities? There's Dak Prescott, there's offensive line, there's defense. That's what's scary about that. this offseason, right? I mean, that's that's what's blood curling. It gives you the bubble guts. There's no smelly stickers to give around because... <laughs> 
Oh, what no. do you do? What like where do you start? And it starts with the quarterback. And that's what's so frustrating right now. It's frustrating for even media members. I know we all know this is boring to talk about because we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's gonna happen once Dak Prescott's situation <laughs> is kicked down the road even more. What's gonna happen with the salary cap? It's a big waiting game, and that's what this offseason's been so far, and it's frustrating to everybody. Ooh, we can hear it in your voice, Kyle. Yeah. I'm talking about. I'm frustrated. Let it out, a little peppy. I want to talk about free agents. Chest. I want to talk about how this team's going to get better. But I'm not certain that this team's going to get better right now. I'm not. You can't fix mm. it all in the draft. You can't fix this team with rookies immediately. It doesn't work like that. Sure, it'll help, and it'll help you build cheap contracts down the road, hopefully. But if you're stuck, you're stuck. And I think the Cowboys right now are stuck. That's what it feels like. Well. You have to start looking at teams that have had success with the salary cap. You know, you have to start looking at the New England's back in the day, what they've implemented. And I think a a part of our strategy has been not to fall in love with players and not. Well, I can't even say that because we have fell in love and overpaid uh, for some guys. But, you know, it's just one of those things where we're trying. It looks like we're saving money. We're being frugal, right? We're not trying to overpay uh, the rest of these guys. But at some point, when you get to the business of building a football team, you want to know with that, you know, with that first game on the season that you have 53 guys that can get it done for you. That's that's the business of football. And that's what I think that the Cowboys did last year. Everyone was talking about how talented our roster was. Well, that talent didn't hold up. And when our quarterback went down. Yeah, yeah, it didn't hold up by any means. And, and to, to end the show on a lighter note, just to end the show on a lighter note, our friend Johnny on the comment section said he just logged on and watched the last final minutes of this. He'll have to go back and watch the whole thing. But he said, Heckma, you look so towering. I just logged on and thought you had, we had all brought Shaq on as a guest. And then he says, morning, fellas. <laughs> wow. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah. That's what, that, I think I think he's not far off with the big this is cool. with the the big cabin in the background and the the glasses. I if you don't stop. I think I think it, I think it works. I like it, Johnny. I appreciate it. I like it. That's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. So glad you've been with us over the next hour. Hopefully next week we'll have more to talk about, and we'll try and talk about more. But, hey, who knows? Maybe they'll extend it to next Tuesday, and then we'll be back in the same scenario. But thank you for sticking with us and giving all sorts of great fan questions. You guys are awesome, as always. For Chris Beam in the back, for Heckma Harrison, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal, for Rob Phillips, and for Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. I'll see you next week here on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?